Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Vanguard. Good morning, morning, guest in the house. He is risen. Pretty good. He is risen. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. You got to stand. Would you stand with me in honor of what the Lord has done on each of our behalfs? Whether you believe it or not, He still did it for you. Amen. You ready? Oh, we're going to get it together here now. We're going to go three times. You ready? He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Amen. Turn and say hi to somebody this morning, would you? Greet somebody this morning. I want to welcome our live stream this morning. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, all the way from India, one person is joining us this morning. So we welcome you. We would love for you to be a virtual evangelist. Uh, you may have family or friends all over the world somewhere. We want to invite you to share the service today, invite them to be a part of it with you. Jesus is alive. Amen? Jesus makes dead things come back to life. But I know in my own life, I have these moments in my life, Lynn, when my life feels like a dead end. When I feel like I'm caught in the deadness of the season of my life. When I'm caught in the destruction and the disappointment and the discouragement and the darkness overshadows and eclipses the sun's light and hope in my life. But God says, and he promises us, that he takes dead things and makes them alive again. Now, you might say, well, he did that maybe thousands of years ago, but I would really like to hear a current story of when he actually did that. Thanks for asking. The Christian Post, four weeks ago, I write for the Christian Post. They put this article out. It says, family church celebrate after pastor declared brain dead, returns home. It's a true story. This just happened one month ago. Ryan Marlowe, pastor of Grace Baptist Church in North Wilkinson Borough, I think that's how you say it, North Carolina, and his wife, Megan, celebrated on Saturday as he returned home months after doctors declared him brain dead and had prepared to harvest 
his organs. On a Saturday, they have to, and this is my understanding, they had to put on his death certificate on a Saturday that he was deceased. And then three days later, I can't make this stuff up, three days later, on a Tuesday, they were going to harvest his organs for other people's lives. And the dude came to life again. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? And I know you're saying to yourself, as I say to myself, why didn't you do that for my loved one? Listen to me. He's going to do it for everybody. The order by which he does it and when he does it is up to him. And the most difficult word, and we're going to talk about it again today, the most difficult word in the Bible to accept about God is not holy, and of course it's not love. Do you know what the most difficult word to accept about God in the Bible is? It is the word sovereign. You know what that means? It's up to him. It's up to him to do as he chooses and wills. And the question is, can we trust that? Can we trust that? When the darkness of our lives eclipse the light of God's resurrected glory, can we trust that the reason why it's not good yet is because he ain't done? Fear is not my future. Then what is? Jesus is. Death is not my future then what is? Jesus is. See, at the moment of the resurrection, Jesus declared, that's not the end of your story. And as I said to you, Dalton, as I said to you, Cassidy, this morning, I wish my mama was here. You wish your mama was here. But I don't want to interrupt the celebration that they are having right now with each other in the throne room of God at the feet of Jesus, declaring things on behalf of our lives, and they see what we have not yet seen, the glory of the coming of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. I can't wait to see the eyes, the whites of the eyes of my Savior Jesus. I can't wait to see the glory of the life that is in him and it shines into my face when I step from this life to the next life. And so today, here's what we're gonna do. Thousands of years ago, long before Jesus even came to this earth, Jesus came to this prophet named Ezekiel. And you say, Jesus? Yes, Ezekiel 1 tells us it was Jesus. And Jesus said, I want you to tell the world, I want you to tell the world that I am going to make dead things alive again. I'm going to take dead bones and dead seasons and dead moments and dead relationships and I'm going to bring them back to life. Amen. 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 Three years ago, on this celebration day, I preached to an empty room. Come on. I preached to an empty room. I got up this morning and I put these pants on and I had a coat that I put on. And when I put it on, I realized after my son got married last year, I kept my pants and his coat. 
I look like Hercules. But you know what the Lord said? I want you to wear the coat you wore three years ago when nobody was in the room. That black coat, wear that one. Wear that one. It's all my plan. See, you're in the midst of the darkness, the frustration. God's not done. Amen? I want to invite you today to take your program, your Bible, or your internet device. I called my daddy this morning. He picked up the phone. I said, he is risen. He said, he is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. It is great to have a dad that loves Jesus. How does Jesus fulfill the promises of Ezekiel 37 to bring our dead bones back to life? And what we talked about at the beginning of this year, and we've been going through the book of Ezekiel, and, and like no other book in the Bible, I believe Ezekiel shows Jesus. And we talked about how within this book, there is two bookends, Jeremiah and Daniel, and both of these are prophets. And Jeremiah was before they were carried off to Babylon, and Daniel is while they're in Babylon, and Ezekiel is in the process of getting there. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we go back to this promise, for I know, God says, the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope, and then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me, and I'm going to hear you, and you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with what? With all your heart. See, God has good plans for you. My good friend, Pastor Aaron McLean, I love Pastor Aaron. Most of you don't know his story like I know it. The challenges that Pastor Aaron walked through. And on May the 2nd, right here in this room, Aaron has signed uh, with Tapestry uh, an album label. And some of the songs that we sang today, we're going to record because he wrote them. We're going to record right here in this room on May 2nd. I would encourage you to come be a part of this. We're going to worship God with all our heart. Listen to me. News song, uh, uh, Newsboys made a song popular called We Believe. You know where it was written? Right here in this room, in this church, by Richie Fike. God's getting ready to do a new work in our church. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. There are new songs being written. There's suffering that we've walked through, but, but listen to me, out of suffering comes revelation. And the most powerful revelation is revelation that comes out of the dark suffering of our lives. When you say, I am not going to give up on God. I want to give up on God. I have all these reasons to give up on God. I don't see any reason not to give up on God. But I am going to put one foot in front of the other, and I am going to claim his promise. And with my whole heart, I'm going to worship Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen? Amen. Amen. God is saying, I want you to hear this. God is saying to you today, your life is not over. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And not only is your life not over, but God wants you to understand something. God has something good just for you because of what you have gone through in your past. And if you will stop listening to the voice of the darkness, 
and you will say, God, would you silence those voices? Would you speak louder than those voices of destruction, those voices of darkness, that you would speak louder than those voices of depression? God, give me the promise that you're going to do something good out of this very broken situation that I find myself in. And the enemy is saying to you right now, don't listen to Kelly. He's a fool. And you're, he's right. Because Jesus said, I'm looking for fools to confound the really smart people in the world. So I'm a fool. I'll be a fool for Jesus. Listen. You'll walk the road of darkness. You'll believe the voices of the enemy, and he will repeat in you what you've seen repeated in others. But if you will say no more and you'll stand on the promises of Jesus Christ, God is going to do a new work in you because he's got a future for you, plans for you, but you've got to choose in the valley to worship him. In the dead bone valley, you've got to choose to worship him and trust that he knows what he's doing. And whoever you think that God can't bring back to life, I want you to say, God, I don't believe you can bring this person back to life. Say their name today. Say their name today and watch God show you how foolish you really are because God is at work. God is at work. I heard a story recently. This woman was praying and this guy next door heard her praying. And the guy next door was an atheist. And he heard her praying because she needed groceries. And the atheist said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get her some groceries. And so he went and got her some groceries and put them in the shrubs right by her house. She walked outside and she saw the groceries and she declared out loud, God has provided. And the atheist came over and knocked on the door. She opened the door. He said, I just want you to know, I bought you the groceries. I wanted to prove to you that your God doesn't exist. I wanted to show you today that an atheist bought you the groceries. You know what she said? God did it. And the devil paid for it. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Don't lose perspective. Don't lose perspective. Don't lose perspective. Ezekiel 37, 1. The Lord took hold of me. Thank you, Lord. The Lord took hold of me. I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord into the valley filled with bones. Oh, no. God comes and gets us and takes us into these dark places. He led me all around the bones that covered the valley floor. They're scattered everywhere across the ground. They were completely dried out. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? And of course, our answer is, there's no way. There's no way. I stood in this room. There was nobody in this room three years ago. And I thought to myself, will we ever have anybody in this room again? This room is full. It is amazing. It is amazing to see the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. So sovereign Lord, listen to what he says. I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Can I tell you this morning, when God asks you a question, don't answer what only God can answer. In your life, when the devil asks you a question, when he says to you, do you really think God can do that? Don't answer a question that only God can answer. Say back to the enemy. Say back to God. Say back to others. Only God knows what he can do. That is what it means 
to declare that God is sovereign over your life is that you say to God, only God knows. Only God knows. Only God knows. I'm going to keep showing up for Jesus every day of my life as if it's my last and one day I'm going to be right. One day I'm going to be right. I've decided I want my last breath to be for Jesus. So therefore, to get to my last breath, I've got to give him all my other breaths to get there. Don't speak for God. Verse 4, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones. Say to them, dry bones, I want you to listen to the word of the Lord. So here's what I want you to do in your life. I want you to begin to practice what you're seeing in chapter 37. This is not just an ancient promise. This is a modern day in your face tomorrow morning promise. I want you to practice speaking prophetically to the dead bones of your life, whatever they are. And here's what he says. I'm going to put breath into you and make you alive again. Listen to the word of the Lord. I will put flesh and muscles on you. I'm going to cover you with skin. I'm going to put breath into you. You will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I spoke this message just as he told me. I love that. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. By the way, this is how I feel every morning, especially after a day of basketball when I get out of the bed. I'm like, I don't believe these dead bones will get up out of this bed. They are too stiff. This is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life. They stood up on their feet, a great army. And he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we've become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. You ever feel this way? Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves, my exile, and cause you to rise again. Then I'm going to bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, oh, my people, you'll know that I'm the Lord. So what God initially said, you have to understand Ezekiel 37. Most prophecy in the Bible is for the present and then for the future, you and I. And what God is saying in Ezekiel 37 is, Israel, I'm going to bring you back from Babylon. I'm going to do this. But then also there's a promise, there's a foreshadowing, and we're going to see how Jesus fulfills the promises of Ezekiel 37. Look at Mark 9, 31. For he, Jesus, wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach him. He said to them, some man is going to be betrayed in the hand of his enemies. He's going to be killed, but three days later, he's going to rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying. However, they were afraid to ask him what he meant. Look at Matthew 27, 50. I love this. Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Now, imagine this. Can, can you imagine a little girl, you know, somebody knocks at the door, and a little girl goes to the door, she opens the door, and she goes back, and Mama says, well, who's at the door? And she says, well, Grandma's at the door. And, you know, well, sweetie, there's a problem. Grandma died. 
And the little girl says, well, Mama, I don't know what to tell you, but Grandma's at the door. Could you go say hi? That's what happened. That's what happened. Listen to me. You won't know how real heaven is until somebody dies and goes there. And then you'll understand it. You'll understand it. You'll understand it. Death is not the end. Jesus is. Jesus is. Jesus is. This is the promise that Jesus gives. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus told her, Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Jesus gives us the promise that death is not the end. He is. So look at what it says in Luke 24, 1, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went out to the tomb. And taking the spices they had prepared, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzled robes. The women were terrified. They bowed with their faces to the ground, and then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? That's a great question, isn't it? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Wow. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed in the hands of sinful men, be crucified, that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. Yes, of course. Suffering causes us to forget the promises of God. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples, everyone else, what had happened. They experienced the resurrection, and then they became witnesses of it. That's what we are. And God continues to speak. Look at what Jesus did. Verse 14, he says it first to Israel in Ezekiel 37. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And you're going to live again. And you're going to return home to your own land. And then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I've done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. John 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Because they were afraid. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. And as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. My prayer partner, Pastor John, here to the left of me, to your right, said to me this past week, he said, I can feel the hot breath of the enemy breathing on us. There's so many times in our lives when we can feel that. And I just want to encourage you that greater is the breath that comes out of the mouth of God than the breath that comes out of the enemy against you. Greater is his breath. And at his appointed time, he will not only silence but stymie and destroy the breath of the enemy. The promise God gave Ezekiel was fulfilled through Jesus. Look at the promise God gave Israel, verse 15. Again, a message came to me from the Lord, Son of Man. I want you to take a piece of wood. I want you to think about this in the context of the cross. I don't know if you know this or not. God's really smart. 
Take a piece of wood, and I want you to carve on it these words. This represents Judah and its allied tribes. Then take another piece and carve these words on it. This represents Ephraim and the northern tribes of Israel. Now, I want you to hold them together in your hand as if they were one piece of wood. And when people ask you what your actions mean, here's what I want you to say to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to take Ephraim and the northern tribes, so all those that represented faith in God, and I'm going to join them to Judah. And by the way, what line did Jesus come from? Come on, say it. Judah. I'm going to take all who are willing to believe, I'm going to join them to this one tribe known as Jesus. Amen. Now hold them together and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will make them one piece of wood in my hand. Promise number one that Jesus fulfills from Ezekiel 37, unity, 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 unity. If you want unity, join Jesus. Join Jesus. Join Jesus. That is the only way to get it. And God will, and I don't know if you watched the news last night. I watched the world news last night because I like to watch the news at this time of year. We've got Syria and Israel. We've got the Palestinians. We've got all the fighting. We've got the Jews. We've got the Christians. We've got the Muslims. And just a few weeks ago, they tried to pass a law that you couldn't share the gospel in Israel. Didn't pass, thank God. The turmoil, the agitation. Look at Ephesians 2.14. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Here it is. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Do you understand that every time you meet somebody that's of another gender, another race, uh, you meet somebody of another color, do you understand that whatever, whatever animosity or hostility that rises up inside of you because of all of that, do you understand that Jesus can bring unity to that? Jesus. Not us, Jesus. And it is in his finished work that we experience that fulfillment. Look at verse 20. Now hold out the pieces of wood you've inscribed so that the people can see them and give them this message from the sovereign Lord. I'm going to gather the people of Israel from among the nations. I'm going to, somebody say it, I'm going to do what? I'm going to bring them home to their own land from the places where they had been scattered. Promise number two fulfilled by Jesus, he brings them home. You say, show me, John 10, 14. I'm the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my own sheep. They know me just as my father knows me. I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep, Jesus says. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. I got into a conversation with one of my basketball buddies last week and I said, hey, I just want to tell you, I told the whole church that I invited you and you said you weren't going to come because you know some of them. He laughed. He's like, did you really do that? I said, yes, you can go back and watch it. It's, it's recorded. He said, hey, um, were you the only pastor of that church? I go, yeah. He was like, well, 
like 23 years ago, I actually went to Vanguard. And he was like, were you the pastor? I said, well, yeah, I'm the, I'm the only one has been here. I was like, I don't remember you. He doesn't remember me. Here we are on the basketball court 23 years later connecting. Don't tell me there's no God. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I had a guy on Thursday, he said to me, I've been sharing the gospel with him a little bit, talking to him, and he, he said, hey, I want to pull you aside because uh, I'd like to give you some coaching. I'd like to teach you how to shoot the basketball. <laughs> oh, you would. Well, stand still so I can teach you something, all right? And I said, hey, I've got, I've got an idea. You give me a lesson on sports, I'll give you a lesson on spirituality. How's that? Listen, everybody has a story. He said to me, and I quote, I could never go to church because God could never accept me. And I said, well, you don't know the Jesus I know. And I'd like to introduce you to him. I'd like to introduce you to him. See, it doesn't matter what you do with your life. It doesn't matter how trivial it is. If you bring Jesus into it, it's eternal. Everything's eternal if you choose to bring him into the conversation. And every moment, every breath is significant. Listen to what he says. I'm going to unify them into one nation. Verse 22, on the mountains of Israel, one king will rule all. No longer will they be divided. They'll never again pollute themselves with their idols, vile images, and rebellion. For I saved them from their sinful apostasy. I cleanse them. Then they will truly be my people and I'll be their God. So promise number three, fulfilled by Jesus, restored identity and relationship with God. Restored identity and relationship with God. If you don't know who you are or if you've lost who you are, just say to Jesus, tell me who I am. As we were singing this morning, I, I heard that song, Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. And the women said, well, where's the mother and the daughter? You ready? You're looking at them, us. We're the bride of Christ. He's the Father. Jesus is the Son. We're the bride. That's the language. That's the metaphorical language. We are the bride of Christ. John 10, 14, I'm the good shepherd, Jesus says, I know my sheep and they know me. They will listen to my voice. John 5, 24, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message, believe in God who sent me, have eternal life. They'll never be condemned for their sins. Did you catch that? If you believe in Jesus, you will never be condemned for your sins. They've already passed from death to life. My servant David will be their king, and they'll have only one shepherd. They'll obey my regulations, be careful to keep my decrees. They'll live in the land I gave my servant Jacob, the land where their ancestors lived. They and their children, their grandchildren after them, will live there forever, generation after generation. My servant David will be their prince forever. Promise number four, fulfilled by Jesus, one forever shepherd, and his name is Jesus. 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 Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and there will be one flock with one shepherd. I'll make a covenant of peace, going back to Ezekiel 37 with them, an everlasting covenant. I'll give them their land and increase their numbers. I'm going to put my temple among them forever. 
I'm going to make my home among them. I'm going to be their God, and they'll be my people. So here's promise number five, fulfilled by Jesus. Eternal relationship of peace. Right now in the Holy Land, and I've, I've stood on the Temple Mount. I stood on the, for a whole day, and I read the, the four Gospels. And right now, and there's lots of silly laws over in Israel, but one of the laws is that um, Jews are not allowed to go on the Temple Mount, and if they are, you can legally kill them. But a Muslim can't stay on the Temple Mount all night, and if they do, you can arrest them. So they're constantly fighting over this one spot because they built the dome to Muhammad and they declare, Muslims do, that Muhammad is going to come back and come through that eastern gate and come to that dome that's on the Temple Mount. And the Bible says that Jesus is going to return on the Mount of Olives and come through that eastern gate and declare his glory. So listen to me. You can say all roads lead to Jesus or to God, but Jesus would take offense to that. Because unless the road leads to Jesus, the Bible teaches it doesn't lead to God. That's what the Bible teaches. Those are tough words. John 14, 27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And when my temple is among them forever, going back to Ezekiel, the nations will know that I am the Lord who makes Israel holy. So promise six, fulfilled by Jesus, he's going to make us holy like him. He's going to make us holy like him. And the name that we have to add to Jesus after the resurrection, you know what it is? King Jesus. King Jesus. King Jesus. King Jesus. Hebrews 10.10, God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. See, these promises are true for anyone who believes. They're they're true for all of us. And so the question is, do you want them? Do you want them in your life? Do you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? See, in 26 years of Ingrid's existence, we've seen 3,336 people make a public profession of their faith in Jesus and follow him in believer's baptism. At the end of today... Vanguard Trilakes is having a baptism, our location up in Monument, and there are four people getting baptized today. Isn't that awesome? 3,340. The first Sunday in June, we're going to have a baptism here. You could be 3,341. But it depends on what you do today. And so I just want to invite you. I'll be brief, but would you just bow your heads with me? Would you close your eyes out of respect for others? And I'm going to read a prayer, and we do this. And I want to invite everyone to say it with me so that those who have never said it will have the courage to say it. And so I'll say a portion, and then would you please repeat after me? Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins.
I believe you were resurrected on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and save me. I put my faith and trust in you and receive your Holy Spirit today and commit to follow you with all my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Would you keep your head bowed with me just for a moment? Tech team, could you bring up the lights for me, please? If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you do me the privilege of just lifting your hand long enough for me to see it? Amen, 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 amen. Anyone else? Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Anyone else? All right, everybody look at me. Would you do me a favor and welcome 15 people into the kingdom of God? Would you do that? Huh? Amen? Woo! That's the first step to your real relationship. In just a few weeks, we're going to call. We're going to invite you to make it public, okay? And you say, well, why don't you do that right now? I want you to talk with us, and I want you to talk with someone. And the quicker that you talk to someone about what you did today, the quicker you will begin a real relationship and growing in your relationship with Jesus. Amen? And so I want to encourage you today. And listen to me. Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He died for you, and he arose for you. And he's going to walk with you through the dead bone valleys of your life. And he's going to bring the dead back to life. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.